Coming up, the Brooklyn Nets are once again hit with injury concerns, this time at the highest level. Ben Simmons, is the back going to be all right? What does it mean in the short term? And from a very high level, is this a reminder of the risk you take when you take big swings on stars? Let's dive in next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Lockdown Nets podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there is Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Armbrecht. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are 100% free on all those great platforms. And let's you know today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Get 20% off of these life-saving antibiotics with a Jace Medical case by using promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout on jacemedical.com. And Doug, let's go ahead and spin things positive. Oh, no, wait. I meant negative. The Brooklyn Nets are six and five. They get that win over Orlando. It's a tournament. We talked about all these things. It's great. But also Ben Simmons has re-aggravated something in his back. And it certainly looks like we could be staring down the barrel of an extended timeline. Yeah, uh, this sort of it wasn't really buried, but it came out before prior to the magic game. So, you know, obviously after the game, we're going to talk, uh, you know, the positives around the win. And we kind of let everyone know that we would get into the Simmons injury news at a later date. That date is now a uh, bunch of reporting by Brian Lewis prior to the magic game um, on Tuesday, where he had interviewed and gotten quotes from Ben Simmons's agent, Bernie Lee. So this originally, it's funny, we'll get into the timeline of this too, because I think actually the timeline matters here a little bit, but um, I'll do a couple quotes here. New York Post, Brian Lewis, great, uh, does great work just covering the Nets. Uh, I'll hit a couple quotes here, and then we can dissect sort of each part of it. So Bernie Lee on Ben Simmons. He's uh, Ben is not experiencing anything similar to what he's gone through in the past, uh, and it's something that the expectation is that with the proper kind of rehab, he'll be able to resume his season in a short period of time without any issue. He had an MRI in the last couple of days, and it's shown us he's experiencing some nerve irritation on the lower left side of his body, which is going to cause him to miss some time as he rehabs and builds himself back. Okay, so that's the first quote. We'll get into a couple other quotes here from the team, from Jacques Vaughn, um, and a, a, some more on, on from Bernie Lee, because there's multiple, there's multiple pieces of quotes here. When you hear this as the first piece of the news, right? Nerve impingement, going to miss some time, work his way back. What's your first thought? Um Taking into context everything else with around Ben Simmons, which definitely matters as part of the discussion. See you in the new year. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, and I don't want to be bleak. We said this all the time on the podcast. So let's be clear. We never want yeah. anyone to be injured. We don't want Ben sure. Simmons to be unwell. We're not making light of it. And also, yeah. nothing around Ben Simmons when it comes to injuries and timelines is ever just as straightforward as we happen to notice a little something. We're just being you know cautious with it. And maybe a week from now, all things will be better. The other part of this, and I'm sure I'm going to go on a limb and say, you probably agree that it's going to be longer than shorter. The other part, which you and I talked about going back yesterday when we were discussing this off the podcast is, well, his agent came out with the update. This yes. didn't come from the Brooklyn Nets, and I want to let you take the lead on this because it was your initial thought, but surprising that the first place we hear about the injury is not from the Brooklyn Nets, not from the medical staff, not from the coaches. It's from his agent, which just immediately has a little alarm bell of, okay, spin, spin-worthy information here coming from an agent rather than the team. 
Feels like spin for sure. Now, we do know that the Nets not necessarily have obfuscated around injuries in the past, though it's been at times hard to trust their timelines. Like, that's not always the case. And I want to be really fair where, you know, fair is due. Cam Johnson came back right at the timeline, they basically said, right? Like mm-hmm. 10 days. And, and like, so there are guys, and Nick Laxon was right around the timeline, I think, that they had projected for him. So, like, it's not, it's not a forever thing, even if it sometimes feels like these timelines have gotten a little bit wonky with the Nets in the past. I do find it curious that the agent was the first one to sort of give full details around the Simmons thing because it feels like getting ahead of a situation or possibly not agreeing about a situation, which we've also seen in the past. Now, that might not be the case, but we know for sure because they've all said it is that there's been disagreements and information, lack of information in the past about Simmons' injury. Go back to last year. Go back to the year before that. Like the, the every the two seasons that he's been in with the team, there's been misunderstandings or lack of context or lack of information around what his injuries are. It's a little weird when the, the agent comes out first and gets ahead of it to Brian Lewis saying, and then he does go on. You know, he um uh to well actually no, I guess I gave the majority of the the Lee quotes there because there's there's some team stuff here uh, also, but the team gives the medical update second. Again, injuries reporting can go a bunch of different ways. There's like no really one correct way to do it. This is not usually how you see it done, right? Right. Like usually it comes directly from the team's PR and comes directly from the coach or the GM to come from the agent to a reporter around the specifics. It could just be timing. Like they could have just been having a conversation. It came out. I just found it a little weird. And I'm, I'm just, I feel at this point with Simmons, it's very hard to trust everything that's happening. Sorry. It's just so many injuries. I want him to be healthy as much as anybody else. When he's on the team, he makes the team better. We want him to be healthy. It's nothing to do with that. But we are down a few different roads here with Simmons where I don't know how you can be bullish at all on the medicals with him. Like if you are, I bottle it up and start selling it, selling it for a profit because it's just like, it's just, it's a total, it's it's an optimism juice that I just don't have. I assume that that fragrance would smell a bit like hope, right? That would be, or, or delusion. I don't know which the bottom line is when, when you look at both of these two and I'll, you can add in, remember Jock Vaughn in the off season, they said, yeah, I didn't really have an understanding of who Ben Simmons was. We didn't really talk a lot. And now we really know what he's about. And I was asking him to do things last year that he physically couldn't do. So I'll, I'll add the Nets organization into it from that angle of what are we supposed to assume is going on here? And following the, the whirlwind tour of Ben Simmons, proclaiming how healthy he was, how ready he was to get out there and get back to his old self this offseason. Now that it is the agent that comes out first and foremost, to your point, it makes me wonder, as you'll hit the quotes from the from the net side of things, okay, was this like, it's not a big deal, I'm totally fine. Like, don't worry about it, it's all good. Whereas maybe organizationally, or if you just had to develop your own opinion on it, I would say, how could this not be a concern? How could this not be a potential longer-term issue that is going to have a real big impact for the Nets now and also going forward when we talk about Ben Simmons, the quote asset as a basketball player. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I want to get into what the team had to say about it too and a couple other quotes that are sort of relevant to the situation. We'll get into that in a second. First, going to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL and NBA season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. New customers. You heard me saying this. If you haven't done this before, I mean, check yourself. I don't know what you're doing. Your new customers over at FanDuel. 
can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's 150 bucks. If your team wins, go, you know, listen in some of our game previews too, that we've been doing on the podcast feed, because we've been giving out a couple money line winners here that would have had you cashing that 150 bucks over on FanDuel. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action, not just money line too. spreads, player props over unders. So, so, so much more profit boost. They got it all going on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on kickoff this season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. So as we continue today's episode, focusing on the Ben Simmons injury, we remind you that when the Brooklyn Nets take on the Miami Heat tonight at 7.30 p.m., you go ahead and get over to Sirius XM and search Brooklyn Nets so you can hear all the game action as you got you covered over there as well. All right, uh, from the, the team standpoint then, let's hit some of the quotes from not only, I think Jock Vaughn's the primary here on this, and <laughs> not unlike the offseason, I do find Jock Vaughn's tone, at least by written word, to be a little bit interesting around Ben Simmons, now potentially missing upwards of a week and more potentially. Okay, so first I'll just give the teams uh, the team's quote on this. That that's Gar ben, for Ben Simmons, who has missed the past three games with a left hip contusion, underwent an MRI due to lingering discomfort in the area. The imaging revealed a nerve impingement on the lower left side of his back. Uh, Simmons will continue to receive treatment on both his hip and back. A status update will be provided in one week. Um, I always get, you know, the status up. So this is interesting too, because the nets up, you know, with injuries, you're typically given, you know, pretty clear timelines about return. Now I understand they can't give it right. I understand they can't give it. It doesn't sound, this is another thing that makes me sound like no one really maybe knows what they're dealing with on like a real hardcore treatment level, because Mm -hmm. it's like a status update will be given in one week. Wording for these things is chosen very carefully. This is Mm -hmm. Not he will return to action in one week or he's target. There's so many ways to say different things. He's targeting a return in one week or like, you know, to give a status update in one week. That's much different and much further away than coming close to being playing. And I'll get to Vaughn in a second. Go ahead. And even then reevaluation, which was what the language they use for Cameron Johnson, right? Like all these things are like a trickle down of, okay, you set a timeline of 10 days, then he'll be reevaluated. He gets reevaluated, gets back to practice, gets back on the court, right? An update will be provided. And that has to do with getting second exams and all these other things, right? But it's like, we'll provide an update on the information that we have. So that's a week away. It's a week away from knowing how serious this is for Ben Simmons. It's not a week away from saying he's healthy and he's going to be back on the court. That seems highly unlikely based on that opening statement from the Nets PR. It sure, it sure does. And I hate to be like nitpick every single word with this stuff because actually, it's, I, I, frankly, it's just not that much fun to do. Um, and we came here to do a basketball podcast and we love talking basketball. This is relevant though because when you're dealing with sort of an organization that's sometimes been a, a little wonky with this and a player that has just missed a considerable amount of time for injuries and is coming off a back surgery. That's like not a minor mm-hmm. thing. I know, I know we all wanted that to be the solution and maybe it was, and maybe this is just totally different, right? We wanted the back salute the back. And, you know, we heard, you know, never been in better health and guys get hurt and it just happens. Like uh, injuries happen, right? I, I, I get it. It only becomes sort of part of the conversation when it's a, sort of pile on effect of all the things that have happened over the last couple of years. If this, because, because remember we did not have the, as, as we did not have this conversation around Cameron Johnson. It's like, okay, this thinks I wish the timeline was a little sooner. It's not, he's back uh, uh, right. on you go. Right. There wasn't like Claxton lingering. As well. What's that? Claxton as well. Right. Glute. Oh, it's dealing with an ankle, but he still came back on the same timeline that they kind of put out for him when he went down early this season. 
And the guy's just coming off a of surgery, surgery on his back, man. It's like not a yep. minor thing. So, and it sucks. I, I it really does. And that kind of, you know, the Jacques Vaughn quote basically just mirrors that uh, it sucks thing. But he says it in a, in a nicer Jacques Vaughnian tone. It says this is just a bump that's in. It's a just a bump that's in his road right now that happened. It's not like he wanted it to happen. He was playing well, and this happened. Uh, everybody's body's different. This is what he's dealing with, and we'll support him while he's dealing with it. So, I mean, he's like that's just kind of a, just a, van, a vanilla answer. It's you know, boilerplate. Yeah. It doesn't mean much. Um, but it's a reminder that there's like not a lot of details here it's Mm -hmm. we i don't i'm not sure if the left hand knows what the right hand is doing i sometimes wonder about these situations and it's just another reminder that you have to tread very carefully on your like positivity around Simmons getting fully back to the player that he was a few years ago when he was with Philly which the Nets desperately need him to be to come anywhere near the contract injuries are injuries they stink we all hate them but with Simmons I just don't know how you have any benefit of the doubt with any injury stuff until and I will I'll come on here and and just be proven so wrong and we'll do a million apologies I'd be happy to frankly (laughs) good great (laughs) like that just means everything's going well I just don't know how you can do it at this point I said it going back to two seasons ago saying, hey, the, the the best path forward for me as an individual and for Brooklyn Nets fans is to root for Ben Simmons to get back on the court and to be healthy. Like there's no reason to talk about not wanting him on the roster or or discussing whether or not he can be healthy and all these. It doesn't matter. You want him to be on the court. And it looked like he was going to be able to do that. I'll say the most alarming thing, I think, just about from a, from the Nets organization perspective, when they say it's like not just back, but also hip. And we talked about this going back to him having the surgery and saying, well, when you heard during the season previously, when he get out on the court, well, his knee is a little balky or, you know, his hip is this is that everything is connected and related. And that's, I think the biggest concern here is that this trickle down effect means that, well, even if the back felt okay, initially, there's a, you know, a wear and tear happening to the knees. There's a wear and tear happening on the hips because physically it's not in balance the way it once was when he was a perfectly healthy player. That I think is the more concerning thing that even if in a week's time he came back and they said, okay, the information tells us another week from now and he'll get back on the court. Like, let's just be ultra optimistic. But I don't know that when he gets back on the court, something else won't come up, that something else won't be aggravated. And it feels more like these are chronic things that he's going to have to deal with as opposed to identified issue, fixed issue, and able to move forward from it. There's just no way as a fan at this point, I don't know how you can not, you're just walking on eggshells as a fan rooting for his health. Like I, there's just, I don't know another way to do it at this point. It's, you just can't, you're, it's like, I don't know. Maybe that's me being too pessimistic and I should just, you know, no, 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 but what you can't, what, what you can't do is make the statement like you cannot, I think if you're being honest with yourself, say Ben Simmons is going to be back to hundred percent. You can no, you, you can't say that now. I hope he gets back. You to can't 100%. say it definitively. You can hope it. We can all sit and hope for it. Yes. And we all hope it happens, but you yep. just cannot, you cannot bank on it. It'd be, it's a losing bet. It's a losing EV bet. You, like you might, you, so you, you might win. The, you might win the bet, but the bet is it itself is a losing EV bet because it's like you're just going to get bad closing value on whatever your positivity around the situation is because there's just no possible way that's the case. And incidentally, because we talked about, um, we did our post game live, and someone brought up in our post podcast podcast live on YouTube where you should check it out after every single game all season long. Um, they were talking about you know Mikhail's always healthy, and we said, well, you know, no one gets injured until they get injured. And I thinking about it like this, 
if McHale got injured for the first time, if any sure. stalwart of the NBA that never gets hurt had an injury, you'd say, oh man, I'm really optimistic he's going to get back to 100%, right? Like the history yep. and the yes. track record matters here as well. And that's like a, a great way to contrast it as a guy that's never missed basketball in Mikhail Bridges and a guy that's missed a lot of basketball, 106 games. That's how many games Ben Simmons has played going back to 2020, 2021 season. So, you know, there's clearly more way, likely that he will be injured than that he won't be injured at this point. And there's a reason we don't talk, say it with Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, or Cam Thomas right now, the guys that are that are right. injured, right? It's right. like with the timelines of the timelines. It's a sprained ankle. He'll be back. It sucks. We wish he played. We wish these guys were there all the time, but it's not like there's this risk, like this long-term sort of like existential risk to the thing. By the way, real quick question for you. I put this out on Twitter. Sure. Over under 40 games Ben Simmons plays this season. He's oh. played six. He's played six so far. He's with a week in evaluation. Best case scenario, he's going to miss three. They get a little softer part of the schedule here with the games being spaced. But so he misses three more. He's played six already. The Nets will have been through 14 games at that point. Over under 40 games he plays. I, I'm going to take the under. I, I said the top a little bit tongue in cheek, you know, see you in the new year. But I'm not, but I'm actually not discounting the idea that this could be extended now. And then even more than that, even if on January 1, he walked back out of the court fully healthy and ready to play, how can I guarantee that over the next 30, 35 games of the back half of the season, that something isn't going to happen, that another injury isn't going to flare up? So no, man, I, I, I would have to take the under and I'm, and I am dejected having that be my honest response to it because it's a bummer and it's yes, going to have that I want to get to now, which I'm sure I, I'm, uh, oh, hold on. You also agree, right? You'd be going under on the 40 games as well. How can you not? How can you not? I would go under that number. I just kind of set it at the halfway mark, sort of like a nice, because it looked nice, <laughs> right? Like it's like, because <laughs> right, you know, yeah. like, like over, over puts you at half the season at 41 and then you played half the games, right? That's why I kind of set it there. It's like, then you played half the season at 41. And then if you want to go really crazy, you can just go more. How can you not go under? It's like the, the easiest ever under just based on everything we already know. Like, how can you not? Yeah. I, I just like, it's, it's it's like it's not actually dissimilar in some way. It's not the same thing. It's like not dissimilar to like Zion Williamson. It's like, hey man, yeah. no no one I want this guy to be so healthy and great. If you're betting the overs on his like half win half game total, like you're just nuts. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. All right, we got more to talk about. Uh, sort of the lasting impact of this trade as well. We'll talk about that in a second. Before we get to that, we'll tell you about our friends over at Jace Medical. Look, we spent a lot of time talking together. You and I get fired up on the wins and the losses. Who starts? Who sits? Thankful for the connection we have today. I want to chat a little more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, basing, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage. We've been through that many times, my friends. You're covered. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, Vashios prescriptions. It's all there online at Jace Medical. You can receive a 12-month supply on that daily medication. You can use the promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. Look, folks, don't get unprepared. The worst thing you can do with your medical stuff, with your antibiotics, with just medicine in general, is just be at the whims of just how the world reacts around you. Jace Medical has solved all of this. You go to jacemedical.com. You use that promo code locked on at checkout for a discount as well. Jacemedical.com. All right. As we tie a bow on the Ben Simmons injury conversation, we focus in on real quick here. I was just going to note that, you know, you go back, I said 2019, 2020, 57 games, 58 games the next year, 
42 games in 2022-23. Obviously, there's a gap year in there. He wasn't just studying abroad. He missed an entire season. And then the six games so far for the Brooklyn Nets. So the, the, the numbers tell you he's more likely to play less than more. There's, there's two parts to this. One, I want to do a little look back when we talk about how Ben Simmons came to be a Brooklyn Net and whether or not the Nets are very much on the losing side of all of those transactions. In the short term, though, the Nets did win without him. I, I will say it, it was a great time for Spencer Dinwiddie to have that all-around game and have nine assists because someone's going to need to start taking over that role and no one is more primed for it than the guy that did it last season for them. Are, are you surprisingly optimistic about what this team will be going forward? Let's say that Ben Simmons is not back before Christmas. So significant time to be missed here. Are you are you more optimistic now with how these first 11 games have gone than you would have been if we said, you know, Nets kind of came out the way we thought, three and seven in the first 10, difficult schedule, and now no Ben Simmons as well? I mean, yeah, look, the team has been better than I expected them to be. Great. Love to be yep. proven wrong about these kind of things as well. It's sort of like life hedges, emotional hedges to go a little little under on some of this stuff in, in order to be pleasantly surprised. So I think from that <laughs> Sorry. case, the 43 and 39 prediction that I gave for them on the season, I will say to emotionally have hedged, I did not choose to do that. And I didn't realize how much that was going to pain me early in the year. I'm like, oh, you better start winning games, boys. I kind of put a lot on the line here. Look at this. That's what I mean, man. Just go, go under and be surprised. Um, so. Yes, I'm I'm glad and 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 happily surprised by how their overall play and the depth of the team and like how they've been able to sustain multiple injuries. They're clearly a better team if Simmons is healthy. It's like not really a debate. If if Simmons is 75%, I think the team is is better. I, I just something like that. I, I mean we probably could even trend it down a little bit. Um just because he does something on the team that not a lot of other guys can do. Like he defends multiple, can defend multiple positions. Um, he's a great rebounder. The pace of the team is so much better when he's in the game. Like he just, you know, make, pushing after makes, pushing after misses. Like he just adds this element to the team that really nobody else on the team has, even for all his deficiencies. Like he still does yeah. so many different things. So I, the clearly the best version of them is him playing. I, I don't think that's even if you like hate Simmons's game which I definitely some people out there do. Um, Even if you hate it, I still don't know how you could say if he's like sort of rolling on all cylinders, how they're not better. But so I think from that standpoint, I think it's a pretty clear answer, but I'm just not sure. We maybe haven't gotten the full version of it. I I don't know. I, I still want him back. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You always want, you know, the better players, the best players on your team, you want them around and there's different versions to different levels of a healthy Ben Simmons that are a positive impact on this team. I will, I will say somewhat comically, if you were in the camp and this was brought up and we discussed it about the idea of, well, what could the Ben Simmons impact have on keeping Nicholas Claxton around? Well, excuse yourself while we remind you that Ben Simmons is a guy you do not know if he's going to be healthy. And the idea that we would, you know, I'd extend Nicholas Claxton right now because Ben Simmons is not going to be a part of this team with any level of trust or consistency beyond next year in that contract. Right. So yeah, I agree with you that his, at some version of health, he helps this team be better. I think the downside to that now is waiting on that, right? Because at some point the Brooklyn Nets, Jacques Vaughn, you need to, now you need to craft it. However long this is going to be, you have to craft success without Ben Simmons. Then when Ben Simmons comes back, you have to recalibrate. What do we know for sure? Ben Simmons is out. Nicholas Claxton's healthy and back. He's going to be in the starting lineup. Well, we already said we don't know about that sample size with those two guys on the court and whether or not it can work. We think it can't. So if Ben Simmons misses any amount of time, 
and then you bring them back. You keep resetting and recalibrating, trying to set your positions, set your rotations, and set expectations for guys. So that, I think, is the other downside of this, which isn't related to the quality of Ben Simmons when healthy, but it is related to having Ben Simmons on your team. You have this other factor that you typically don't have to account for with some of your best players. I think if you gave them truth serum, this is not, I'm not reporting this. I'm just guessing this. If you gave yeah. everyone truth serum, I mean, this isn't even a hot take. They'd be so out on this, like, like starting now. I mean, obviously it's getting rid of the money too. So there's like these multiple things here. I have this feeling I mean, they've made so many bad decisions with like the guys they brought in here that have caused them so much heartache. The list is so long. This guy is right. It's for different reasons, but it just go, it's starting to just go right into that KD regret. I don't even think that, I don't. I don't think it's regret around KD, Kyrie, Harden, Simmons. Like they've screwed up so bad at the top end of this thing. <laughs> Over the last few years, it's like unbelievable. They got all the little stuff, all the little stuff, right. And then the big stuff they gotten so wrong. <laughs> hey, technically we're batting like 98%. The problem is the 2% we missed on was actually worth about 99% of everything that we are. Right. That's like that, that's, put it. that's a perfect it, way to put it. Like that's exactly what's happened here. Like they've <laughs> like, they've hit so many home runs No, they've hit like so, They've hit so many, so many doubles. We're crushing bunt yeah. singles left and right. Yeah, we just can't get this thing over the analogy. fence here, right? I, it's <laughs> just like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like you just can't, you can't write this stuff. It's like unbelievable. And uh, we, I know you want to just look back real quick on the Harden trade, but, but well, uh, yeah, it just, it, it gets, I guess this leads right into it. No, well, it doesn't. By the way, like, don't forget, I, I am, I'm always, I think I always trend optimistic, but I even pose the question in the off season. Hey, Doug, if we could attach a pick to Ben Simmons just to be done with the money and everything else, it was like, ah, I don't know if you want to give up that asset. To your point, truth serum, I think the organization says now, which draft pick was that to, to have this off the books right now and not have any of that money this year or next year that we have yeah. to have occupied. The reflecting back piece of this is, as we mentioned about some swings and misses for the Brooklyn Nets. Let's take it back to when they traded just for trading for James Harden. So in that process, they sent Jared Allen and Torian Prince over to the Cavs. Ultimately, Karis LeVert ends up there by way of the Rockets and the Pacers. He goes there as well. Now, even if you just want to prescribe, let's say that Jared Allen's worth a first round pick in some, in some trade value, as maybe Karis LeVert could be, depending on situations, et cetera. There's some draft asset attached to those names. Now, the Nets also gave up a 2022, 2024, and 2026 first round pick. The only thing we know for sure is that Tari Eason was taken in 2022. They had swaps in 21, 23, 25, and 27, which have been deferred based on where the Houston Rockets were. Now, Philly turns around and they say, oh, baby, we'll take James Harden. Now, they gave up two first, and one of them was deferred the initial year and then turned into Dariq Whitehead, who is healthy and playing in the G League. Now, we're excited. The other one is a 2027 top eight protected. They, took, they got Simmons, Curry, and Drummond. And here's the things to drill down on. Curry left for nothing. Drummond left for nothing. So there was no extra value brought back in these two players that you got. Curry specifically, Doug and I were irate about at the trade deadline that he was still on this team following it. A 2026 first from OKC, a 2028 first from the Clippers, a 2029 one through three protected from the Clippers as well, in addition to Covington, Batum, and Martin. So no matter what, plus a couple of second round picks, no matter what though, not only are the 76ers healthy with these team and playing well with these guys, but they can also convert some of those players into draft capital down the road. When you look back at this, Ben Simmons has no value on the trade. There's no trade value to him. So the Nets ended up with nothing, really. At the end of the day, they got two first-round picks. If Dariq hits, that's great, and then you have a future one coming. There is still value here. 
but in this spectrum, long-winded, I'm sorry, the Nets came out the worst out of every team that was involved in any iteration of James Harden getting shuffled around this league, even without knowing what some of these assets turned into. Okay, so two things are true here. One, I'm not going to do revisionist history because when they did the trade, all the context around that, we yep, said this 100%. is a good deal. This is a good deal for them. So I'm not going to go back and say they shouldn't have done that. I don't like when people do that. Um, I think it's just dishonest. We like the trade at the time, especially considering what Harden was doing, and it was good to get it was good to get out of the James Harden game. A hundred percent, we saw how that that. That had a shelf life too. That had a radioactive half life that, like, we've already seen. We've seen it go. So that, all good there, and it has not worked out like anywhere close. It's been it's it's bad. It's like they got hosed on the Harden deal the first time with the and and you don't get to double count it because it's like they're all separate parts of the equation as part of like the you know they all equal out separate parts of the equation. They got. The first part of the Harden trade looks terrible with the Rockets picks already, right? Like yep. that one where that one, they're feeling the pain. The team would be so much different right now if they had their own picks. We would not be talking. We'd have a total different conversation. They'd be the worst team in the league and they'd be tanking for a first pick. Like that's not even a, that's not even a hot take. So second, and then second of all, the, to get nothing basically from Simmons here. Good. Please prove me wrong. But like it's it, so far, that's they've gotten really not much, nothing, right? Um, that's it, the trade's horrible. The only thing that saves them is Harden was such a disaster getting out of Philly that like no one really like that actually is the only thing that saves them on the narrative piece because well, that was the, that, that's the reason why I brought this up because like when all this ha- it took me, it, it took me like a, probably a week or something to be like, oh, now hold on a second here. Like, let's walk back and relook at everything that happened with all these trades involving Harden. To your point, because it was such a disgruntled exit, it gets, falls underneath this cloud. Well, James Harden is always a problem. So, okay, great. That's all. That can all be true. And also, James Harden has always been a problem, yet teams have been able to get tremendous value for him when moving him around. Everybody, it looks like, except for the Brooklyn Nets. And that's the frustrating part. Because even those, when you say it, with those first round picks they got from Philly, maybe Whitehead hits, but you add it in but you sent out the picks to Houston. So that's, you're still the only like resetting what could have been, what should have been. And those picks would have been higher if they were your own assets to control versus being dependent on another team. The Simmons thing went as bad as possible. You could imagine, right? Like he comes in, you think he's just kind of out because he just hates the Sixers, which was probably the case. He comes in, he's actually hurt, right? Like then he plays hurt the next year and gets hurt worse. And there's nothing to be really done about that. Maybe you want to say they did a bad job in the medicals. Maybe I, I th- that's never come out. You know, no one's ever like made a claim that like they got hosed on the medicals. Um, clearly maybe something was missed because he came in and like never played. <laughs> right. So um, something, someone screwed up somewhere with that. Right. Because he like never took the court that first season. Uh, you can't, it's just a disaster. The contracts is a huge negative. They could never trade it. I, I don't, don't get, I know people are going to come in and say, Oh, well you got, you know, you get this expiring and with the new CBA, like that's, it probably makes All it good. less. You'd still ma- rather not have it. It makes it less bad, but it doesn't make it good. <laughs> like it, it doesn't make, it, it, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't make it good. Less and bad does not equal good. <laughs> that's what I mean. And I think some people have talked themselves into like, they've heard that this new CBA works well with expirings and like it does, but those expirings can't be guys who don't play. 
Like that's not yeah. that was no value. That is no value. You have to attach stuff to that. It's it's just, it's not good enough to just get out of the money. I we got to get out of here. But go ahead. Final thoughts. No, on no, something. no. Just it, it, what it ends up coming down to again. All, <laughs> the, the funniest part is that out of all this, I was like, now if you just traded Seth Curry for a first round pick from somewhere, it actually would make this whole thing look a little bit better. But we'll see what happens here now, at least in the short term, a week away from evaluation. The next step here is watching this team play without him, watching them take on a Miami Heat team. You will get a sample size. What is this team without him? How are they going to adjust their rosters and rotations? Because now that's what I'm most concerned about. Okay, put Ben Simmons to the side here. This team has had a great start to this season. I need them to maintain it. I need them to stay competitive here. So you'd hate to see this loss be an extended amount of time and have it negatively really impact this team on the court. So we'll talk about that, obviously, in the coming weeks. Please come back and be great. That's that's the best thing for Nets fans. Oh, I, I, that's message it. from Ben Simmons. And that's it. There you go. From me to you, pal. Okay, we're going to get out of here. Make sure you uh, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Subscribe over on YouTube. Different things happening on different channels over there, so you got to be in on both. Make sure you join subtext.com slash locked on nets to join the conversation with Adam and I about the Brooklyn Nets every single day. Join subtext.com slash locked on nets. And don't forget, we have a special bonus episode exclusively going up on the podcast feed discussing the soon-to-be-dismantled Chicago Bulls. Who could, who should, who would the Nets be able to acquire from that fledgling franchise? We'll do that as well and let you guys know that even the knowledge of my own fallibility cannot keep me from making mistakes. Only when I fall do I get up again. Why, that's Vinny Van Gogh. Oh, RIP. One of the all-time great poets. Yeah, he didn't make it. (laughs) What a shame. We'll (laughs) uh, We'll be back tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Basketball, 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 basketball. Sorry, basketball, basketball. 